Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of of Mind Podcast, podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys, as always, are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. I hope everybody who listens and is from you know New Jersey and basically here on the East Coast, I hope you guys are staying safe. Obviously, we just had a Nor'easter over the weekend and we got a ton of snow i got something like 18 to almost 20 inches of snow was was definitely a lot and uh it's it's taken me a pretty long time to get um to get myself out of uh being snowed in but i hope everybody stayed safe and everybody's okay thank you guys as always for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really do appreciate it, guys, because, you know, I look every day when I record, you know, when I'm about ready to, you know, set up a new episode and share it, you know, I constantly look and see, you know, that there's so many people out there that take time out of their day to listen to the podcast. And, um, you know, I say it a lot, but it's very, very true that I'm just really, really thankful for all, for everybody that likes and subscribes to the podcast, um, who shows support for me, on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel where we do live watch-alongs, um, all of that. I mean, everything. I'm just so thankful that you guys take time out of your day to uh, show your support to me, even if you're not a fan of this team, because I know that there's people out there that are not fans of the Devils that still listen to this podcast. Um, and for that as well, I, I'd say thank you guys so much. And I'm going to continue my best to build this podcast more and more every single day with new episodes and new content as much as possible. As always, guys, we have a bunch to talk about here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. A couple of things we're going to talk about today, just, just to kind of quickly preview for you. We are going to honor a 
longtime rival that had his number retired over the weekend. I think you guys can pretty much figure out who I'm talking about. We're also going to be talking a little bit about some former Devils and also uh, a Devils prospect that will be competing in the 2022 Winter Olympics, which is starting this upcoming week. And of course, we're going to recap the uh, the previous two games between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And lastly, we are going to be discussing uh, a potential, well, not potential, a rumor that has been put around uh, that involves the New Jersey Devils and involves maybe acquiring a player or two. So we do have a lot to get to here on the Double State of Mind podcast. So as I always say, let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we're going to start with the main topic that I use today for this edition of the Devil State of Mind podcast. And that is, I wanted to take some time to honor a longtime rival of the New Jersey Devils. And that is New York Rangers goaltender, Henrik Lundqvist, who had his number retired um, this past Friday. Uh, he becomes the 11th player in Rangers history to have his number be lifted to the rafters. Uh, the other players are Eddie Jockman, who wore number one, Brian Leach, who wore number two, Harry Howell, who wore number three, Rod Gilbert, who wore number seven, Andy Bathgate and Adam Graves, who each wore both uh, number nine, Mark Messier and Vic Hadfield, who both wore number 11, Jean Rattel, who wore number 19, and Mike Richter, who wore number 35. So Lundquist becomes the 11th New York Ranger to have his number retired. And look, at the end of the day, we have to call it like it is. He had his fair share of really, really big moments when playing the New Jersey Devils because he played us so much. You know, obviously just being across the Hudson River and you look at, you know, the late 2000s and everything like that and what type of rivalry these two organizations had. Um, Lundquist was a big part of that. And he uh, he had some really, really big moments. His first big moment actually was his long-anticipated NHL debut, which was on October 8th of 2005 when he took on the New Jersey Devils. He finished stopping 24 of 27 shots, but the Devils uh, ended up winning the game in overtime by the score of 3-2. to two. He has 65 career appearances against the Devils, a total surpassed by only one NHL goalie, John Van Beesbrook, who faced the Devils 76 times. In his career. So there's a little bit of trivia for you um, that you may need down the road. Lundquist has more wins, 38, against the Devils than he does against any other Metropolitan Division opponent. So obviously, from a Devils perspective, that's not something that you are necessarily proud of or anything like that. But when you look at that period of time that Lundquist played in the NHL and playing for the Rangers, the Rangers and Devils played a lot. They played a lot, not only in the regular season, but they had several battles in the postseason. And we obviously know the type of big memories that both of these organizations have from those times that they played each other uh, beyond the regular season. Lundquist's uh, final numbers against the Devils are 30. He had a record of 38, 18 and eight with eight shutouts and was two games below 500 in the playoffs, posting a six and eight record. He won his only playoff series against the New Jersey Devils in 2008, in which the Rangers defeated the Devils in five games. But since this obviously is a Devils podcast, we would be remiss if we did not mention the 2012 
Eastern Conference Finals in which the Devils were able to win in six games with Adam Henrique scoring the infamous Henrique gets over goal to move the Devils into the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, and it was obviously a big memory in my life as a Devils fan. And, you know, the satisfaction of not only getting to the Stanley Cup Finals, but doing so by beating your biggest rival, your Hudson River rival, and doing it at home is just spectacular. And, and that was really, at that time, that was when Lundqvist was really, really in his prime, where he was doing a lot of really tremendous things. One of the top five goaltenders of that time, he was really, really phenomenal. Um, the other big moment that I would say, and I don't know how many people would agree, but Lundqvist played in a handful of outdoor games as the Rangers have played in a handful. Uh, one of the ones that I think that Lundqvist would probably tell you is one of his more favorite ones was the 2014 Stadium Series matchup against the Devils when the teams faced off in 2014 in uh, in Yankee Stadium, in the new Yankee Stadium, but still it was Yankee Stadium. I remember Lundqvist had pinstripe pads and he had a mask that honored some of the greatest players in New York Yankees history. Uh, I had the fortune of actually having tickets. Uh, my dad, obviously, you know, showing his support for me as being a big hockey fan and being a Devils fan himself. Uh, we took it as an opportunity to go because it was something that we we wondered if we were ever going to see again the Devils playing in an outdoor game uh, and the spectacle was great it was a cold very cold day I mean I couldn't feel my feet by the time the second period was over I mean it was exactly what I thought it was going to be from an outdoor game and obviously from the Devils perspective the game started off pretty well being up three to one after the first period and you're feeling like okay the Devils are really really ready to go but then you had that onslaught by the Rangers in the second period, and that eventually knocked out Marty Brodeur. And the Devils ended up losing that game 7-3, to which obviously you're not wild about the results at the end of the day. But I think just the opportunity to be in an outdoor game and experience that um, in a big media market like New York and everything like that. I think it was just tremendous. And Lundqvist, after giving up three goals in the first period, was 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 tremendous. He made a lot of really good saves. He won that game. He won a couple other outdoor games, the 2012 Winter Classic, the 2018 Winter Classic. He also won the other Stadium Series game a few nights later when they took on the, um, the New York Islanders. Henrik Lundqvist also had a tremendous amount of success in the Olympics, helping Team Sweden win the Olympics in 2006 in Turin. And he was a mainstay for the Swedish national team for many, many years after that. And then obviously his career kind of came to, I would say somewhat of a sad end. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. You know, two years ago, it was very obvious that the Rangers had their goaltending of the future set with Shesterkin and Alexander Georgiev. And the Rangers had to make the tough decision to release Henrik Lundqvist and make him a free agent. And there was obviously speculation as to where Lundqvist would end up going. Would he retire? Would he go somewhere else? I even remember when I did, um, this was one of the first episodes that I did at Devil State of Mind. We were talking about it being the offseason, talking about potential goaltenders that we could have come in to be that 1B to Mackenzie Blackwood, which interestingly enough, two years later, we're still looking for that uh, consistent 1B goaltender. But I remember I mentioned Henrik Lundqvist as a possibility. Some other people within the Devils, you know, media, so to speak, uh, we all discussed it and thought that, you know what, 
it's not necessarily that crazy because, you know, Lundquist wouldn't necessarily have to move. He's only going across the Hudson. But then again, he is going to one of the bigger rivals in, you know, for the Rangers, it going over to the dark side, and that is playing for the Devils. But I think also, realistically, you have to think that if Lundquist was going to go anywhere, he was going to go to a team that was in a better position to go compete for Stanley Cup. And he signed with the Washington Capitals, but before he even played a single game, um, I think it was like a routine uh, checkup. They found that he was having heart issues and that it was not safe for him, especially with COVID and everything really being at its peak, um, you know, last year, it, uh, the the doctors and Lundquist decided it was best for Lundquist to rest and, you know, not take any chances. Uh, I do remember that a few months ago, uh, about two or three months before the se- before this season started, Lundquist was practicing, and there was the possibility that Lundquist was going to actually um, get a chance to play this year. But uh, Lundquist decided to hang up the skates for good uh, before ever playing a game for the Washington Capitals, and so he gets to somewhat right up into the sunset as he finished playing his entire career as a member of the New York Rangers. But I will conclude by saying this. It was an absolute honor to uh, be a fan of one of his biggest rivals and having the opportunity to see him play so much. One of the things that was so great was when the Devils would have games where they would just score three, four, five goals on Lundqvist. And it was never uh, a knock on Lundqvist. I never disliked him. As a matter of fact, I respect and liked him more than most goaltenders because of his style, not only on the ice, but also off. I mean, he's got to be one of the most well-dressed individuals we've ever seen in the game of hockey. He still is to this day, and it really just does not surprise me. But Lundqvist was just so good for so long and being one of the big pieces of the Rangers for so long that when the Devils won games, you're you're beating one of the better goaltenders in the league, and that is a, a satisfying thing, especially, again, as I mentioned before, with the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Lundqvist is going to forever be one of those guys that it was a shame that he never got the chance to win a Stanley Cup. He obviously guided the Rangers to getting to the Stanley Cup finals in 2014, but they were not, they were eliminated in five games by the Los Angeles Kings. And that was the closest that Lundqvist got to winning a cup. And, um, you know, I was always critical of the Rangers by saying I felt like for a long time they didn't do enough to build the team around him. It felt like they were just forcing Lundqvist to constantly bail them out and have to really do a whole lot of things um, in which they could have avoided if they had a more balanced team around them like they have now, basically. I mean, you know, the defense still needs to need some work, but I mean, it's a lot better in many ways than what Lundqvist uh, had during his tenure. Um, but I, I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, um, congratulations to Henrik Lundqvist for getting his number retired. I think he absolutely deserves it. He has most of, if not all, of the goaltending records for the New York Rangers. I will always say, though, that he will be the second greatest goaltender in Rangers history only because Mike Richter uh, wa, you know, was able to help the Rangers break that curse and win a Stanley Cup in 1994. Uh, but other than that, I mean, Lundqvist was without a doubt uh, that dude for the Rangers for very, very long. And, uh, you know, I, I jokingly said on Twitter at Devil State, I said, you know, New York may have the king, but uh, we have here in New Jersey, we have the goat. Um, and that's just, you know, a little bit of a, 
you know, being, you know, poking the bear a little bit. But at the same time, I, I do want to share my respect and admiration for Lundquist. And um, again, a tremendous career, very consistent career, couple of Vesna trophies, had the opportunity to go to the Stanley Cup finals, went, you know, ha- had success in the Olympics. I mean, he practically basically did it all except win the Stanley Cup, but still a tremendous career and a tremendous honor for him to have his number retired and be forever in the rafters of Madison Square Garden. So congratulations to Henrik Lundqvist for having his number retired, becoming the 11th New York Ranger to have his number retired in MSG. Now, we were just talking about the Olympics a little bit when it came to Henrik Lundqvist, and that will allow me to kind of shift into the second topic that I wanted to discuss with you guys here on this episode of the Devil's State of My podcast. This upcoming week is the official beginning of the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. And obviously, we were all hoping that at this time, the league would be on pause and that the players would be going over to China to play in the Olympics. And we get for the first time in since Sochi, we would have had the opportunity to, to see NHL players representing their countries. But obviously, due to the fact of more COVID outbreaks and a lot of games to make up, the NHL decided to pull its players from the Olympics. And so for the second consecutive Winter Olympics, we have basically a combination of, you know, NHL free agents, young players, you know, prospects and potential, you know, future draft picks and things like that, KHL players, and obviously professionals who play in other leagues, not named the NHL, who are going to be competing. Um, By the way, Uh, For those of you that would like to know, the first day for ice hockey in the Winter Olympics will be February 3rd. So that'll be what? That'll be Thursday of this week. So I'm sure a lot of you guys, even though we won't see NHL players, are still going to get, you know, are still going to want to watch some of these games and see how it all goes down. But again, Thursday, February 3rd is the official start for ice hockey. I believe the first day for all Olympic events, I think, is either Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. So we'll see what we'll see what goes with that. But the reason I want to talk about it just a little bit is that the Devils are actually still pretty well represented at the Olympics, whether it be from at least one prospect that the Devils have still yet to see come over and play New Jersey, and a handful of guys that at one time or another had a little bit of action playing for the Red and Black. The first one is somebody who is currently, I believe, with the Utica Comets, but he doesn't have an NHL contract, so that allows him to go over, and that is Tyler Wotherspoon. And if you remember, Tyler Wotherspoon was one of the guys that was signed to a PTO contract at the beginning of the year, Uh, I've played a couple of games in the preseason. I actually thought he was a pretty solid player. He unfortunately did not end up earning a contract um, with the Devils, but he ended up signing with the Utica Comets, and he's been playing with Utica um, this season, and he will be represented in Canada at the the Beijing Olympics. So at least there will be a little bit of Utica slash Devil um, representation um, at the Olympics. So that's the first guy. Uh, then we get to uh, the Russian Olympic athletes. I think that's what they call ROC. And the Devils have three guys. One is somebody that we've known for the last two years. Uh, had a lot of high hopes. Devils Twitter was begging for this for, for this team to trade and acquire this man. And that is Nikita Gusev. 
Not really a surprise. He was on the uh, Russian Olympic team uh, back in 2018, helped them win the gold medal. So he'll be looking to try to win his second gold medal of his career. He is going to be one of the main catalysts for Russia. He's been playing very, very well in the KHL, which really isn't a surprise. I know that at the beginning of the year, he was uh, he signed a PTO with uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs and was one of the final cuts before the uh, the Maple Leafs ended up cutting him and he went back to Russia. So Nikita Gusev's going. Uh, the big prospect that I mentioned before, Arseny Gritsyuk, is the man that will also be playing for Russia this year. The kid, he's done a tremendous job at Avangard Umsk in the KHL, helped them win. Um, the Gagarian Cup last year, which is the um, equivalent to uh, to the Stanley Cup in Russia. And so he's going to get an opportunity, a very, very young kid, but super talented. Devils fans like myself are very much excited to see what he can do when he gets his opportunity to come here to New Jersey, which I think is probably going to be next year. But uh, he was one of those young players that got a chance to uh, play. I know that Shakir... Uh, also was part of the preliminary roster, but he ended up not making it. Otherwise, he would have been another guy there. But we have Gritsyuk, and then we have a former defenseman, a Yegor Yakovlev, who also will be playing for Russia at the Winter Olympics. So he played for, I think, a year or two here. He was a pretty solid player. He wasn't anything, you know, too special. It was a classic type of... Um, Ray Shiro type move to try to get somebody like him in here to bring some experience to the defensive core. He was just, like I said, solid defenseman, nothing that really blew you away. And obviously when his contract was up, the Devils just decided to move on from him. So we have one player um, who has Devils, you know, Devils roots uh, playing for Canada. We have three who are playing for Russia and the other two will be playing for the United States. The first one is Kenny Agostino who is from Jersey and played for the Devils for half a season back in, uh, what was it, 1819. Um, he was picked off of waivers from uh, Montreal, and uh, he played for the Devils, and he did a couple of nice things here or there, but other than that, not very much to write home about, but he's going to be one of the veterans that'll be on this United States team. And also David Worsovsky, who played like something like seven, eight, nine years ago for the Devils. It was quite a long time ago that he played, and he hasn't played in the NHL in quite some time. He's currently, I believe, with the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. I believe he's down in their minor league team. But again, because he doesn't have an NHL contract, that's why. Again, Agostino Worsovsky, they not, they're not signed to an NHL team. So they are allowed to go over and play in the Olympics. So those are the other two guys. So with that being said, the Devils have six players of Devils, um, uh, of just some experience being with the Devils or being uh, a part of their organization as a prospect that will be going over to the Winter Olympics to play, um, to play for their country. So again, Thursday, February 3rd, this upcoming Thursday will be the start of ice hockey at the Winter Olympics. And we'll see how some of these former and also current Devils players uh, will perform on an international stage. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York. 
meaning you could bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. So if you want to spend a little bit of money on Joe Burrow, or if you think Matty Stafford will finally get his first Super Bowl ring, you could do that here with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 to get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibitive. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877 877-8- Hope and why, or text Hope and why to 467 369. So now we're going to shift to the recaps of the previous two games between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes. So you knew going, going into the Tampa game that the Devils had just come off getting absolutely uh, embarrassed, as I mentioned in the last episode, embarrassed um, by the Dallas Stars at home. And really the question was at this point was when you look at it, you see Tampa, Carolina, and then back to back against Toronto on Monday and Tuesday uh, before the all-star break. It was, it's, it's not looking really good right now. It's not really looking good when it comes to this team trying to find opportunities to win some hockey games to at least try to build some sort of confidence um, that the, that the team can get right now. But you go into the Tampa game knowing that if by some chance you do win, you end up winning the season series. Because if you remember, back on November 20th, the Devils were down 3-1 to one, uh, to begin the third period, ended up coming back and winning 5-3 to three in the third period and winning the game. Uh, one of the more uh, impressive wins the Devils have had this year, one of the more impressive come-from-behind wins the Devils have had, without a doubt. But certainly things have changed between both teams by the time you got to this uh, point. The Devils did get off to a good start in this game. Uh, four and a half minutes into it, power play goal by Damon Severson, which actually made it six consecutive games in which the Devils have scored a power play goal. So I don't know exactly what Mark Recchi did other than moving Nate Bastion onto the first power play, which having him stand in front is a major benefit benefit and it's really really been well and maybe that's the real reason why things have have really gotten themselves going of late but nonetheless the Devils are able to take the early lead get a power play goal and kind of go from there and that's where things were at the end of the first period but uh, Alex Kalorn and then Matthew Joseph which was a shorthanded goal uh, ended up scoring the next two goals of this game both for Tampa and the Lightning took a two-to-one lead going into the third period of play so we hadn't seen it in a while. We know how often the Devils have given up shorthanded goals this year, but we hadn't seen it in a while. But it was such a backbreaking thing to give up that um, that shorthanded goal on a two-on-one going the other way. It was just, it was very, very frustrating. And we knew that um, Gillies, who was in net for this one, 
He had just made a big time save on a penalty shot by Anthony Chirelli. And you felt like the Devils were able to grab some of that momentum, but they really, really couldn't. And it was very frustrating. But with 8.05 to go in the third period, Jack Hughes, just a beautiful shot from the right circle, was able to score to tie the game up. Um, excuse me, on the rebound. I don't know why I got that wrong, but it was Jesper Brad at the top of the blue line. He took a shot that went wide, came right to Jack Hughes on the left side, and he was able to knock it in on a rebound to tie the game up at two. So you felt pretty good at that point because you said, okay, despite everything, the Devils are tied right now. And, you know, they still are giving themselves an opportunity to possibly come away with an upset victory. But exactly one minute later, Anthony Torelli on a rebound was able to score to give the Lightning the lead back at three to two. So Torelli was able to get a goal anyway. And despite the Devils putting on some pretty good pressure with just seconds remaining in the third, they could not score. And the Devils ended up dropping this one in regulation by the score of three to two. And I felt really bad for John Gillies because I really felt like he played super strong in net and did nothing to lose this game. Yeah, obviously he gave up some goals, but that's going to happen in any game. But that was just one of those classic games where it felt like Gillies was giving us a chance to win and the Devils just couldn't generate enough offense to end up winning this game. So that was obviously a frustrating loss, to, to say the least. And then we go over to Saturday night. Uh, the Devils are in Carolina for the first time in a long time. It was the Whalers night uh, in Carolina. So they wear their Hartford Whalers uniforms, which is absolutely phenomenal. One of the best um, retro alternate uniforms, I think, that any team has in the NHL. Yanni Kuokinen and, of course, Dougie Hamilton were making their return to Carolina, even though Dougie Hamilton was hurt. I did I, I did see uh, that the Hurricanes had a video tribute for Dougie Hamilton um, during that game. So that was really, really great. Uh, the Hurricanes were able to do that. Um, so I give him a lot of credit there. Yanni Kuokinen, obviously, very short time in Carolina, but still, he was one of the Hurricanes' top prospects when the Devils acquired him in that trade a couple of years ago uh, for Sammy Vatanen. So there's that. But as far as the game is concerned, um, Jordan Martin, Jordan Martinuk and um, Shvechnikov scored, um, w- scored to make it 2 to nothing. Uh, Carolina just 14 minutes, 22 seconds into the game. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I really uh, honestly just didn't feel a whole lot of anything. And maybe it's just because of knowing where the season is going and, and knowing all of the, the garbage that has happened this year. And we're just a little over halfway through the season. It's, it's pretty frustrating. Like I, I, I just don't get that angry anymore. And you can tell even by the way, I'm talking about, uh, the team right now. I, I just, I'm not going to continuously come on here and flip out and drop obscenities left and right, because after a while, it just drains you. And uh, you just, at this point, it's more or less just trying to get through the games. And uh, once again, having to hope that in the off season, real change happens, that's finally going to take this team into the, the direction that we all want them to go into. Um, but uh, just before the period ended, Jesper Boquist, who honestly I felt like this was his best game of the season, and I still believe that he has potential to be a legit, probably more likely now bottom six, but still very, you know, still much of a contributing player, bottom six uh, player, was able to score on a great pass from Yanni Kuokinen, just able to beat Antti Ranta, and the Devils were able to cut the deficit in half to two to one. Yanni Kuokinen, in his return to Carolina, got himself an assist on that play but really after that both teams defense especially their goaltending 
locked it down in the next two periods. Neither team really could get much going. And uh, the Devils, unfortunately, would drop another close game in regulation, this time losing to Carolina 2-1. to one. So the uh, Hurricanes get revenge from literally a week prior in which they got blown out 7-4. to four. In New Jersey, if we all remember that game from last week, they got their revenge and got themselves a victory um, against the Devils winning two to one. So currently at the time of this recording, the time of this recording, the Devils are 15, 23 and five, 13 games below 500 for 35 points. And we are currently now dead last in the Metropolitan Division because the Philadelphia Flyers finally on Saturday were able to break their 13 game losing streak um, and get to 36 points. So the Devils right now are in dead last. They are 28 out of 32 teams and they are third worst in the Eastern Conference. And they are on a current four game losing streak with the very, very much possibility that it could come, it could go up to six by the time we hit the all-star break, which is not what you want to see. And again, guys, we know at the end of the day, as fans, we know what the reality is. We know the reality of the ownership, the coaching staff, everything like that. I'm not going to sit here again for the umpteenth time and tell you what the problems are. Um, all we can really hope for at this point, guys, is that uh, some of these younger players you see in Utica maybe get an opportunity down the road to come up to the big club. We'll see what happens at the trade deadline and just kind of go from there. I think that's really all we can uh, we can do at this point. But the Devils you know, despite them only being one goal defeats, still end up losing both of those games to Tampa Bay and Carolina. And now we'll look to try to um, do what they can against Toronto with the first game on Monday being in Toronto and then the second game um, being in New Jersey on Tuesday night. And then that, and then we will go into the All-Star break to see Jack Hughes represent the Devils at the 2022 NHL All-Star game. Now, the last thing that I wanted to discuss with you guys is a rumor, and it's been a while since we've had like a major rumor, but since obviously we are now a little more than halfway through the season, pretty much every team has played about 41 games at this point, we have a pretty good idea as to what who are the teams that are going to be competing for playoff spots and getting into the playoffs, and the teams, like the New Jersey Devils, who are obviously going to be looking to move some of their expiring contracts maybe bring in a player or two with term and just try to see what they can do uh, for next season. And the Devils were actually involved in a little bit of talk because uh, this past Saturday night on 32 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman reported that the Vancouver Canucks are already having discussions with a number of teams around the league about forwards not named Elias Pettersson and Bo Horvat. One of those forwards is Connor Garland, who the New Jersey Devils may be interested in. Not only did Freeman link the Devils and Garland, but he mentioned New Jersey could be in, in on other Canucks forwards with term at team control. Connor Garland was with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, he was a guy that a lot of people were interested in in the offseason, free agency-wise, and the and, uh, well, not free agency, via trade. And the Devils actually had a huge amount of interest and were were definitely trying to make a move to get him, but uh, but eventually he ended up going to Vancouver. Uh, and so far this year, through 39 games, Garland has 10 goals, 14 assists for 24 points. So not bad, not bad. Obviously, he has more goals than a, a good portion of the Devils team. Um, but, you know, he would be a decent help 
to our offense. Freeman noted that Garland is not only is not the only Canucks forward with team control that the Devils may have interest in. He didn't mention specific names. I think right now you're starting to see Tom Fitzgerald not as much worrying about getting draft capital and going from there. He's starting to focus more on getting guys that can help this team now and also that they have control over for at least two or three seasons. And that's really, I think, a good thing because, quite frankly, all of us are pretty much sick and tired of having to constantly, you know, get draft capital, draft these guys, and then wait another two or three years before they they get an opportunity to play in the NHL. A lot of us want to see this team start winning now because we have the majority of our core now in place. Now we got to figure out what other guys we can bring in via free agency and trade that are going to complement the core that we have to this team. And, and that's why I think uh, the Devils are so interested in a guy like Garland because he has term. He is a goal scorer, a guy that could be a top six guy and certainly could help out the likes of Nico Heischer, um, who really does need some scoring around him to get everybody going. And JT Miller will be an unrestricted free agent in 18 months. So it's hard to imagine the Devils are interested in him. If he had more term, it'd probably be a different story. With those players, plus Pedersen and Bo Horvat off the table, the only player that seems to fit what the Devils are looking for and is a guy that's been mentioned before as um, a guy that the Devils could go after is Brock Besser. Besser has, ha has only 11 goals and 22 points in 38 games this season, but he has certainly picked up since the Canucks ended up hiring uh, Bruce Boudreaux as a head coach, totaling seven goals and 12 points in 16 games. I know Besser still has, what, like three years or so left on his deal, and we know the type of goal-scoring ability that Brock Besser brings. He averages something like 26, 27, 28 goals a season, which is something that the Devils haven't had in a long time um, since, obviously, maybe like Taylor Hall or even later than that, uh, longer than that, like Ilya Kovalchuk. He would be a much bigger name that the Devils would try to get that would really, really make you feel like the Devils are taking this seriously and trying to, you know, do the right thing. Not saying that getting Connor Garland is, would, wouldn't help, but I think you're hearing these rumors and the, the, the possibility of a guy like Garland as like a first step. And it is going to be interesting to see what the Devils want to do at the deadline. The, the Canucks are kind of on the fringe right now. They've come back from the depths of the NHL to put themselves in the position where they, if they can, you know, generate a couple of really good wins in a row, they very well could be back in a playoff spot. But I think the chances of that are not slim, but they're, they're, they're unlikely. Let's put it that way. So they, it would be kind of refreshing to see the Devils trade for somebody uh, that could make an impact. I mean, if you remember last year, they did trade for Jonas Siegenthaler, who has been a pretty, pretty solid defenseman, one of our better defensemen this year, and is a, is a very reliable guy in more ways than one. Um, but I would say getting a guy like Brock Besser would really kind of be somewhat of a statement move to say, okay, we understand that the goal scoring is an issue, and we understand that we can't constantly wait three, four years for one of these young prospects that we have to develop. We have to start getting goals consistently now and getting a guy like that would be important. And it would be also just the fact that you knew you would have him for more than one year would be kind of refreshing. Now, as far as what the devils would have to give up, I did hear that the Canucks are very much interested in guys like Damon Severson and also Ty Smith. 
The problem with Damon Severson is that he is arguably our best overall defenseman we have right now who's playing because obviously Dougie Hamilton is out and we don't know what's going to happen with Ryan Graves moving forward because I think next year will be the final year of his contract. So we'll see what happens with that. But considering how well Severson has been playing, especially of late, it might be harder for the Devils to want to move on from him. As far as Ty Smith is concerned, it may still be too early to, to necessarily give up on him. But because the Devils have such a deep prospect pool when it comes to defensemen coming up the pipeline with Luke Hughes, Shakir Mukamadulin, and guys like that, um, it may be much easier for the Devils to want to start by making a move to move on from Ty Smith, who has really had, in many ways, an abysmal second year in the NHL. And, and I don't know what is to blame for that. I don't know if it's because of the system that we constantly talk about or things like that, but it's, it's definitely been an issue for him. And it does beg the question that is he somebody that the devils are going to feel comfortable having long-term on the back end. So we'll see. This was just something that came out right after the devil's game on Saturday against Carolina. And obviously with it being getting closer to the trade deadline and the devils, we all know, are definitely not going to be going to the playoffs. It's at least something to talk about, about maybe about a move that the Devils could make that could really help the team a little bit now and probably could help the team moving forward. But again, it it definitely shows that that Tom Fitzgerald is trying to help this team scoring-wise moving forward. There's going to be some other guys in the offseason that I think also could be very beneficial, and I think that the time to strike is now. Um, to get a guy to get a guy like that, but we'll go into more detail about the about those type of players later on this season, maybe even into the off season. We'll kind of go from there. But we'll we'll see. We'll see if there's any um, any truth to it, and we'll see if the Devils are indeed going to be looking to try to acquire somebody like a Garland or a Besser to try to help the scoring and uh, just try to help the team as best as they can. <laughs> 